Why, hello, friends. It is time to drop the needle on another episode of Supersonic Chat. This is the music podcast that can veer violently all over the place into philosophy, art, psychology, sometimes thought experiments, all done in the name of our own curiosity and our own entertainment. My name's Adrian Warhope. And I'm Liam Leroux. Adrian is the keeper of the questions and the crafter of the conundrums for our little sonic chit-chat of ours where we wrangle with wild musical musings. What flapping, freshly caught conceptual fish are we going to subdue and whack over the head with our mallet of conversation this week, my good sir? (laughs) Oh, Leon, that that was a wonderful introduction. Thank you, because this week... (laughs) It's a little serious. (laughs) I've noticed and I've been pondering something of a glaring issue in my music fandom. And it is this. Oh, yes. Most of my record collection and CD collection is full of male artists. Most of my recent listening history on my streaming service is by male artists. And today I wanted to chat about why this might be the case. I wanted to dive into some of our favorite female artists and i wanted to celebrate all things of the wonderful world of women in rock and roll and music appreciation my first question to you good sir do you Mm. listen to mostly male or mostly female artists well i would have to say if you're looking at the majority of of not my musical tastes it tends to actually be um predominantly male but there's a there's a good mix of female artists in there of late actually a lot of my musical musical listenings have been instrumental and haven't had no vocals at all so i'm assuming you're meaning female vocalists yeah artists musicians producers all all of the above and look well i must state up front it is quite binary of us which isn't necessarily appropriate to to delineate, you know, strictly between male and female. Um, yeah. You know, so I just wanted to note that up front. But you know where you know what I'm talking about here. You know where I'm going. With I do. This, I do. You know. I mean, yeah. like I, I, I would say that I've got a fair, fair um, mix in in there, and like a lot of the bands I like have a mix of male and female artists, such as Sonic Youth, for example, yep. or Tropical Fuckstorm, for example. Yep. Like, like for that latter band, there's 75% of them are female, but it's just the uh, the front man is it tends to be male, though the females interchange as well. So and that and that um, might be something we would dive into. Is I, I think there's different energies that different, uh, you know, genders and 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 inter, yeah. intersex and gender, um, you know, transient people bring to different projects, and that's wonderful, and we need to celebrate that. Um, totally. Yeah, but this whole ponderance was brought on because the wonderful Australian band Spiderbait recently released yeah. an album in April called Sounds in the Key of J. And it's a compilation, right, of yeah. uh, all... So Spiderbait have Cram, drummer, lead singer, has Janet, bass player, lead singer, and has Wit, guitar oh, player. Oh, oh. hence so, Key of J? Hence the Key of J. Ah. This celebrates all of the work that Janet brings to the band, all the Janet Penn songs and all the Janet led vocal songs, which is wonderful. And the great thing about it was Cram, absolute legend of the Australian rock industry. Um, he was the one that conceived this as a celebration. And he said, Janet's talent is so undeniable. 
It's easy to forget that she was a bit of a trailblazer in the blokey 90s scene. And in the 90s, women yeah, songwriters true. were few and far between. And thankfully, it's not that way anymore. That's what, what Cram said. That was, I mean, it was starting to change around that time. There was, yeah. there was like the, full, the, the, the full, I mean, it was actually changing in the, um, in the 70s with bands like late 70s, early 80s with bands like The Slits, for example, um, yep. where they, yep. they were just trailblazing all female bands and things like that. But um, it still really wasn't a, uh, I wouldn't say evenly, m as evenly split as it was, as it tends to be today. No. And I think for every Blondie, there was a thousand The Police and Roxy Music. And for every <laughs> Hole yeah. and L7, there was a thousand yeah. Soundgardens and Alice in Chains. You know what I mean? The That's ratio was, was imbalanced. And true. later on, I want to talk about producers, songwriters, and some of that stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so female, look. Female, uh, you all know the male artists I love. I don't need, we don't need to talk about that rubbish anymore. No. Let's talk about some of the female artists that, and I'm talking about female artists that I've actually lost my mind about and got really obsessed yes. about. Yes. So, so just by name, you know, and jump in, like th I loved Portishead. Sure. I loved. Oh my God. Yes. Goldfrap. Uh, there's a, a New Zealand artist called Bic Runga that both Larissa and I shared a massive uh, love of. What, what about you? Never what, heard what's... of that person. Oh, she's well, phenomenal. Um, I'm of, uh, so early, really early on, um, I would say that, yeah, people like Portishead and Bjorka have just captivated my imagination. Like Bjorka I've been inter inter interested in since I was about 13. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, but Cat Power came on the scene kind of shortly after that, and I've been seen her live a few times and got a lot of her work, which is, is just captivating and and wonderful and and fantastic um but then more late more recently uh actually only in the last couple of years i've actually been listening to um saint vincent quite a lot she's well. awesome yeah very very yeah. cool okay like, there's something kind of really catchy about her work but um that that actually transcends pop it's kind of different to pop even though it, mm. uh, in my mind even though like it's got a lot of real pop elements to it but like there's this really cool dirty grungy kind of guitar thing that she gets going as well and she's pretty experimental i think with some of her sounds too so um that's pretty interesting um kind of more early to mid kind of career stuff is where i'm at with her kind of too interesting some vincent aside she's a quirky yeah. interesting artist and i remember she was out here doing some promo and, and someone that i was working with was trying to tee up some interviews and do some stuff and they mentioned that an idea they had i don't think they actually went through with it but they were looking for things like she would stand it on north sydney and the interviewers would stand at circular key and they would both have binoculars and they would have to interview each other across the harbor through binoculars and on the phone kind of thing like just obscure <laughs> cool strange stuff she's excellent that's a cool idea I don't know yeah. much about her work. I just happened upon her music um, accidentally and just um, went down a bit of a rabbit hole with it because it just instantly captivated me. Yeah, she's great. She, she writes a song. She performs a song. She, she's awesome. Yeah. So he, here's, a, here's something I've been pondering, a little challenge, a little thought experiment for us. Do you think men listen mostly to male artists and women listen mainly to female artists? No, I don't think that. Hmm. I think that... I think that there is a, a tendency for, um, I'll give you an example that's not from music, is that there's um, a, a group of artists called the Gorilla Girls, um, and it's spelt gorilla as in guerrilla warfare. Yep. And they, they don 
um, gorilla masks um, and they when they uh, do public performances and things like that and they've got um, they've got um, an artwork for example which um, was actually a billboard and states the following uh, states the following slogan on their billboard. It says, do women have to be naked to get into the Metropolitan Museum? Less than 5% of the artists in the modern art sections are women, but 85% of the nudes are female. Wow. Fascinating. Right? Yes, I love it. So I think that's I think that's kind of like the, I would, I guess, the undercurrent that, um, that people are still battling with in terms of culture that men tend to automatically gets sort of taken more seriously and that people are tend to more likely to back or fund um, a male artist or a male whether it be visual or musical I think that tends to be it so I bet you if, if you look into it I bet you most artists most musicians are male who get signed on or who get backed by um, record companies or people with money and less female I'll bet Great segue because I've looked up some of this stuff and I had I had an idea that you know there was it was is vitally important to have a diversity uh, represented in ANR artists and repertoire who sign artists to record companies in record company yep. executives in touring yep. companies so if men dominate ANR and record companies then they're going to lean towards their bent and their bias which tends to be male artists and, and yeah. male centric mm -hmm. stuff if men dominate festival and touring companies they may lean as towards in the organizers the organizers right yeah. the bill yeah. might be male centric male dominated and i know that there has been um protests and, and and feedback and strong vocal demonstrations when festivals have been presented their lineup and there's like yep. zero females on there like and you know the audience I is probably going to be 50 percent don't female. actually I usually actually don't even think about it. I don't sort of pay that much attention to to whether an artist is male or female as to whether I like them or not. Mm. And um, but um, I think, and but I think there maybe there is even subconscious stuff. So I don't even I don't not even really notice whether what the balance tends to be in festival lineups. Yeah, well, I think I think that's probably part of it that, that there is an unconscious bias, and 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 yes. you know you may be different, but I think there is an unconscious bias that we just accept that the art industry is male dominated, that artists are male dominated, that festival lineups are male dominated because they sell tickets, they work, they're the ones. Well, that's mm. because they're the only ones. It's self perpetuating myth. Yes. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yes. So 100%. A, a couple of things. Um, there's a study that the Annenberg, it's called the Annenberg um, Inclusion Initiative, and they've been doing this study over the last few years um, called Inclusion in the Recording Studio. They've done five annual reports on the music industry. Um, the report's okay. funded by Spotify, and it provides a comprehensive industry update on inclusion across the Billboard Hot 100 year-end chart. That is an American chart. So this is an American yeah, study yeah, looking yeah. at American It's cool artists. that Spotify's school, it's really cool that Spotify's actually funded this. This is yeah. cool. Super cool. So, so specifically, the, the study examines artists, songwriters, and producers credited on each of the thousand songs on this popular chart from 2012 to 2021. Yeah. And it, it yep. quantitatively analyzes. Oh, that's nine years. That's, that's pretty Nine nice. years. And they've done it five times. Yeah. So it quantitatively wow. analyzes the gender, race, and ethnicity of every individual in those three. And that's important. Those three roles, not just the singer, the songwriter. Yes. And the producer. And yeah, I bet it, you the producers are way imbalanced. Why? It's so, let me hit you with some stats. In 2021, 
23% of artists on the Billboard Hot 100 year-end chart were women, 23, only 23%. And there's been little change yeah. over time, right? This is a far cry from, you think, the population in the US, 51% mm. women. So mm -hmm. yes. um, also, um, the overall, uh, in contrast to the lack of women artists, artists from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups represented over half of the 2021's artists. So you're seeing a, a big step Whoa. up from underrepresented and racial minorities and ethnic minorities, yep. which is good, which is uh -huh. good. But back to the issue about, um, about women. Consistent with previous years, the report found that women songwriters and producers remain outnumbered. So in 2021, 14% yeah. yeah. of songwriters, only 14% of songwriters were women. Wow. And that has not and changed over time. Producers are well. And uh, the producers. Can I, can I guess what the, can I guess how many producers? Sure. Are women? I'm guessing somewhere between three and 5%. Almost. Listen to this. Across a total of 1,522 producing credits in the 10 year sample, 97.2% yeah. were men. Oh man. Meaning that only 2.8% of women are producing the greatest songs or the most popular songs. I'm not saying the greatest, and the most, most popular. So that's a ratio of 35 men to like every this. one woman. Yeah. You were right there. And it's, and it's like, I never think about this. I don't think about this. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're chatting mm -hmm. about it. Why I've been thinking about it. Thanks to Cram from Spiderbait. He's brought it to my attention. Yeah, yeah. We, go, we need to celebrate Janet. Oh, we need to celebrate women. Oh, there's an imbalance here. What's going on? Very... I would guarantee movie producers are exactly the same. Yeah, probably. And, you know, and then, you know, for women songwriters and producers, the needle has not moved, right? And in mm. particular, um, they make the point that women of color are virtually shut out of producing the most popular songs each year. But yeah, we know but... there's all these talented women from all these backgrounds who are not getting access, opportunity or credit, blah, 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 blah. Really important that we, we call this out. So I thought the study kind of put some meat on the bones of my curiosity and, and, you know, feeling about this, but yeah, I haven't thought about this ever. And I should, yeah, I, I have thought about, um, how, how I personally, um, interact with music that is made and, and sung and produced by women and the mm. kinds of sounds that I, I like, you know, like for example, when we were talking about PJ Harvey yeah. and the, 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 her female, her strong female voice affected both of us in a yes. really powerful yes. way. And I, and I, I consider, I consider that consciously, but I don't necessarily, I guess I no, have not considered the proportion and, um, underrepresentation because I, I guess I didn't have any concrete stats either. I was always, I guess, pushing it uh, sort of aside thinking, well, I guess I can't really know and yeah. what, yeah. what it's really like, but those stats are frighteningly they're, imbalanced. They're stark, aren't they? And you know, you think, oh, well, I like what I like. It's stuffed. I listen to what I like to listen yeah. to, but maybe yeah. all I've been fed is what the machine spat well, out exactly. at me because the machine exactly. leans towards a male centric viewpoint and artist expression. So I, yeah. I just thought that no was surprises, interesting. I suppose though, right? Well, well, no surprise. So, but here's the thing. If you get more women in the production studio, if you get more women songwriters, if you get more women artists getting more opportunities, then the machine yeah. will spit out more opportunities and music and, and content from female and the, the spectrum of, 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 of sexes. And mm. then we start getting impacted and culture starts shifting. And that's a wonderful thing, right? That's a wonderful thing. Diversity of expression. Well, too right. Cause that's, I mean, that's what really brings 
richness to life, isn't it? Right? Like the idea of why you ever want to travel overseas is to just get a diversity and richness of experience. And it's the same too with when you listen to stuff or the same too when you're eating. Like whenever I go to a restaurant, if there's something on the menu I've never tried before, mate, that is what I'm getting. If you walk down the street and all you had was a thousand Thai restaurants and a fish and chips takeaway, you know, you'd yeah, go, so like I love King fish street, and chips. Newtown. I love Thai. Yeah, yeah. King Street, Newtown. <laughs> That's all there is Thai, right? <laughs> Where we grew up in Terrigal, there was always five Thai restaurants down the strip. I love Thai. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? If that's all you know, you, of course you're going to love Thai. But if there is yeah. Thai and Afghani and Egyptian and yes. Lebanese yes. and um, Chinese, all of this, but you, then you can start sampling and tasting. And go, do you know what? And it makes your There's life a whole richer. Bunch of stuff I like. You got it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I I pondered this, and I won't speak generally. I want to speak very specifically to me because I don't want to generalize. I don't want to speak on behalf of men or, or anything like that. I just want to talk about my own personal lived experience. And I realized that that maybe this is why I listen to male artists as well. So mm. when I listen to a female artist, I find that I am outside the narrative looking in. I don't relate to being the subject of the song or I don't, mm. you know, I, I'm not present in that song. I'm observing sometimes. I see what you're saying. But when I look at, and, and let's just say we all know that male slash me, uh, you know, are egotistical maniacs, right? So we, <laughs> is it true that we all see ourselves as the hero in our own story? Maybe. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily, um, just males. I think there's, I think everybody, you know, you can't help but just see the yourself as, as the hero, uh, as the protagonist, cause you yeah. are inside yeah. yourself, you know, that, you're, you're living the story. You're the main true. character in your own story, right? Yeah, that's true. So I guess what I wanted to say was that when I, my own personal experience, when I look at Guns N' Roses or I listen to Soundgarden or The Strokes, I'm both picturing myself inside the song. I'm also imagining myself as part of the band and I'm cool by association. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. subjective yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm going. You, yeah, I find that it's, it's, it's uh, because people will say, you know, when you're talking about your mu musical taste, they'll say, um, I like your music, for yep. example. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they make you own it in a way when, when, when somebody else is talking about your music, I really like your taste, your music. They don't say your taste in music. They say, I like, really like your music. And I think it's natural for us to associate ourselves with the music that we listen to, particularly in your formative years yep. where you associate, yep. we've talked about this before, associating personality with types of music. Yep. It, it, and I think it's, that I think it's inescapable. Yes, you have made such a great point. I, I, I don't think you can deny the strong sense of personal identity that is tied with music fandom. And that's when yeah. bands that I've gone mental over over the years, I've either imagined being in the band, imagined being their friends, imagined being super cool, cool. like them, and I've wanted to yeah. be like them because of the strong sense of identity that tied me to my music fandom. And that's probably limited my um, experience and joy when listening to female artists, but the, the, the whole exercise of an unconscious bias is once you become self-aware you go, Oh, oh, okay. And then you can open yourself up to a new experience yes. and a new angle. Kind yes. Of thing. And I think, I think that's probably what you're talking about is kind of limited to, you know, when you're a younger person and then as you get older, I get the, I think the whole idea of, um, like a, 
like a celebrity or a fame becomes really superficial and it's like that, that idea of like wanting to be like the friend or the a person you know yeah. it's personally associated with a uh, with a musician kind of it becomes more realistic and you go man i'd really love to interview that person or yeah. i'd really love to yeah. talk to that person rather than or just get inside their head to find out what's going on rather than i yeah. really want to yeah personally kind of be in the band sort of thing i think that sort of drops away as you get older i'd agree with but that. um and so i think that's probably where that's this idea of self-awareness of of being more conscious about um the the lack of female representation in your music taste kind of comes to the fore where you're going well because you're thinking about it in terms of pure musicality but also um in terms of uh cons i guess conceptual ideas and what 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 you kind of you think about it more rationally i guess yeah you know? yeah and you know what we we haven't touched on and i don't think it's worth touching on it because it's a you know it's 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 a bigger bigger deeper more important issue but the objectification of women in rock music and yeah. in pop music and all that sort of stuff is either, when men have backed in a woman artist you know potentially sometimes it's been because of that objectification value you know they are super hot yeah. or super you know whatever you know what i'm saying that and that's not yeah. cool either um you can't no. deny sexuality in pop music and sexuality in, in rock music and well, i was gonna say like you know there's a lot of a lot of basically isn't the whole idea of a, of a teen boy band a sexual sexualization of the males in that group you know? yeah yeah there's especially Again. with things that are marketed towards teenagers there's that's definitely an element which is like inextricably linked to the marketing of the product yeah i i think you're right and again ties back to that identity of a, of a you know trying to attract interest for reasons other than music yeah. to a yeah. vulnerable audience and all that sort of stuff but yeah, yeah interesting chat um i think it's probably worth and and you know getting on to we wanted to make sure that we celebrated two fantastic female artists albums so leon you gave me an album by uh, a female artist that i hadn't heard before and i gave you an artist uh, an yeah. album by a female artist it's, i kind of like see this as a bit of a not a confession booth but like something akin to it and but what i kind of like about this exercise is that I am deeply familiar with the artist that I gave you, and I'm assuming vice versa with the artist you gave me. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. And you so, had, and so, so that's kind of the that's kind of the good thing is that that is there's a fresh pair of ears in on one side, and a well listened pair of ears on the other. And I think it would be good to compare notes. I think so. Jump in. Why don't you hit us with the album that you shared with me, and we'll chat about that. Right. I gave you probably Bjork's most. Um, I would say most interesting and challenging and adventurous album that she's created called Medulla. One breath away from Mother Ocean. If you picture, dear listener, what this might look like as an album cover. It's Bjork with a mask made of plaited hair. And she's like, it's just sort of, as, as all of her album covers are, her as a main character, like staring out, kind of just a just a, a, a face on a cover sort of thing. But it, she, it's made of plaited hair. And this album, just, it took a while for me to 
give it a good listen to really get into what this sounded like and what it was all about. Um, and Adrian, what have you had a week and a half? Yes, a week and a half. Yep. And never, <laughs> never heard it before and dived in. Yeah. Wow. That was, yeah. Wow. yeah what do you think? Yeah, you, you, you said challenging and interesting up front. Yes, yeah. and yes. Yeah. I also wrote yeah. the word weird because yeah. the cover art. You're right, sets the scene. Uh, you kind of know you're in for something left field and otherworldly and a little, you uh -huh. know, mystic up on the mountain kind of thing. Um, uh -huh. and, and right from the get go, from from track one, you know this is a vocal centric album with sort of little or yes. no instrumentation because there's all these layers of harmonies building a wall of yes. sound. And then the vocals uh -huh. are doing this kind of percussive thing, like not beatbox style, but the vocal. Sometimes it is the beatbox. The, the vocals are. Yeah, it is actually. There's a lot of beatboxing in that. In fact, yeah. an interesting fact is there is no instrument. It is pure vocals only in that whole album. Wow. Okay. So um, Bjork is this enigmatic figure. You know, she, you hear stories of her antisocial behavior, and she comes across as a bit of a mystic and a, and, and a you know a seer, like an artist in the true eccentric nature yeah. of that word, and that's super yeah. super cool super cool yeah um the album for me was like walking into a sound installation at an art gallery yeah it really is yes it is like that completely yeah i found it interesting i found it sometimes exhilarating i found it very yes. weird um yeah i found at the end of it that it left me a little cold in terms of um emotional warmth and resonance it was it felt like oh, i was outside looking more in. of an intellectual exercise is yeah a little bit yeah yeah like there's yeah. a little bit of a distant there but i loved her voice it's otherworldly well, vibe it's just this, this album beautiful. followed uh, this album followed um another album called vespertine which was the complete polar opposite of that right it was warm it was sexual it was um like full of strings and full of incredible sounds and it was r really about intimacy and stuff and then this one medulla is part of the brain so it really oh, is of course an intellectual is. exercise wow okay that's a great yeah. connection you know I, so, so i'm used to her big I think pop it's maybe, maybe meant to be yeah sorry man. i'm, what was I'm that? used to her i'm used to her big pop soundscapes like like think of yes. the first album back in the 90s big time sensuality Yep. Yeah, and then think about um, you know, post the album, post with with I mean, you know yep. the, the classic songs from that. Um, yeah, so this was different, yeah. you know. And look, yeah, it I really was. I found it indulgent in both the absolute best and some of the yes. worst ways. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, because the there worst were some ways, really jarring vocal sounds in there. Yes, the worst ways were just some of those little interspersed vignettes that were just kind of like weird, and I was like, and I found them a little indulgent. Um, for okay. example, like one of the songs, "Ancestors," I was like, is it yeah. a song? Like it's many voices <laughs> crashing and crossing over one another. There's this ambient—I yeah. thought it was piano, but ambient stabs of sound—and then there's this guttural moaning. Uh, yeah. vocalizations. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I figured that would be the one that maybe gets you. That yeah. But what I loved was uh, there was a track um, 
Where is the line with you? Oh yeah, that one's a good one. Yeah, get, strong beatbox. Guess who was a, one of the backup vocalists in that? Look, I know Mike Patton's involved in this yeah. album. Yeah, yeah and I know him. the beatbox artist Razel, and I know I thought he might uh-huh. have been involved there somewhere. Um, yep. Yeah, that was that was sounded awesome. It was angelic backing harmonies with that strong beatbox, which was um, yeah, that was a great super, one. super interesting. Oceania is one of my top ones. Oh, tell me about that. Um, that one is um, basically her as a um, protagonist as the ocean. Like, so she is she is kind of like I guess a goddess of the ocean as yeah. as the protagonist in that. And she's talking about how at her as the ocean gives life to everything, and how the salt in your tears i think she says is the same so like the, the i am the reason your tears are salty wow not my yeah. breath oh my yeah. breath your your sweat is salty and i yeah your sweat is salty and i am why is what she says in wow. that towards the end yeah. and because it's yeah. ultimately the ocean has like sort of given birth to kind of every all life and yep. there's some beautiful um there's this really lovely vocalizations of people going Ooh! like that throughout it you know it's like it just all, yeah and you can just imagine sort of fish just swimming by at the when that happens like you get this sense of this magical swirling liquid space around you and like you know there's there's, there's fish swimming in the sky but it, because like you, you're underwater at the time looking up and there's fish swimming above you and and there's things below you and all around you and it's just a paints this beautiful picture your sweat is salty this is a, a universe and environment that I don't visit often or, or haven't visited before so it was a strange and otherworldly to me um, fascinating exhilarating uh, the two the two tracks I also liked uh, who is it um, and then desired constellation where yep. she talks about how am I uh, going to yeah. make it right you know yep. and and she's like trying to trying to figure things out by chance and stuff like that yeah I needed to sit with the lyrics to try and dive in to let some of the concepts wash over me um, a little bit more because she is a, a little obscure artistic mm. Um, mm. enigmatic so this is a, an art concept album of the highest class. It is yes. fascinating and weird and exhilarating and interesting. And I'll go back time to time. Like I said, left me a little cold in a good way, in the yeah, way yeah, that yeah. you do when you walk out of an art exhibit and you go, oh my gosh, I am changed for having had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, it was, I love that one. I wouldn't say it's my, um, my favorite one that I go back to all the time over and over again. But like you said, it's the one that probably pr- in many ways profoundly affected me the most right because you know like you said it's not it's not one of those ones which has the most catchiness on it or anything like that um but it's got it just really takes you on an adventure and um I've, I, I always get something from it every time i put that one on and um yeah it challenged me and when even as a fan at the time it was challenging for me but yeah it's it's, it's a, a wonderful one 
having known you for many, many years, over two decades now, I would suggest that you enjoy presenting people with challenging albums. Yeah. Yeah. And That's potentially, that one. yes. And that because, is wonderful. Because it's, because it's both equally challenging, but also equally moments of beauty at the same time. It's got both and it gives you both. And, and so I, I didn't want to give it to you just because like, if I wanted to give you something that was horrible by another female artist that I knew you would hate and be ch only challenged yeah. by and nothing else, I would have given you something by Pharmacon or something like that. Okay. <laughs> she's like this, you know, New York industrial noise electronic artist and she just screams constantly and it's, I love it, but I know you would hate it. And I wanted to give you one that you would be, both be challenged by, but you would also get something from. Yeah. And it opens up a world of wonderful conversation, which is the joy of being a fan of music, right? It's, it's just the chat, which, uh, yeah. sparks, uh, sparks some, some fun times, which is great, which is different. Cause I always like to recommend mm -hmm. albums that, um, are, uh, sometimes somewhat easily grasped, but albums that I find a lot of joy in, um, and I'm probably a glass half full, let's all love each other and enjoy the same things, you know, share the thing yeah, as well, well. I got that from the album you gave me. Why don't you introduce that? Sure. We are talking about the second album from Melbourne-based singer-songwriter, originally from the Blue Mountains, Julia Jacqueline, uh, and her album Crushing. So this sits firmly in that indie guitar singer-songwriter world. Uh, incredibly yeah. raw emotion, powerful lyrics. There's 10 songs yeah. centered all around relationship breakups in various states of dysfunction. Um, yeah. And I did love the dual nature of the title, Crushing, which is almost yep. the crushing weight of despair, but also when oh, you're crushing on... Having a crush. You got it. Yeah, how I did you find that. this yeah, I got that. Um, I, 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 straight away, what I would say is I constantly got cat power vibes from this. Yeah. So there was this, this, obviously somebody who is a powerful and strong songwriter who, you know, must sit down at home with a guitar and just compose with her and a guitar by herself and then, you know, fill it out later with other stuff. But I imagine this could just work totally well as just a person with an acoustic guitar. Um, but I love that her careful and very thoughtful vocal delivery. Like not just, I'm not talking lyrically, but just the way that the vocals are delivered. There's this real care to everything that's being said and like a tenderness, every single thing that is being uttered. There's no kind of belting it out, um, but everything's just thoughtful and tender. But I've got to say at certain points, it did feel a bit like pop music trying to infiltrate my pop shield. Aha, uh -huh. yeah, yep. Indie pop, you yeah, could, you could you know, some like of this felt, is in indie pop, yes. Yeah, it, it really felt like that. There was, um, but um, it was, you know, extraordinary, extraordinarily beautiful. Like so, the 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 song, um, the song, I don't know how to keep loving you. That felt like the most poppy of all of them, and it can't. It was really lovely, but it just didn't hold my interest like some of the others um like the first two songs body and and head alone both of those just felt totally authentic and heartfelt and like she had just offered a piece of herself yeah that's a great audience. description yeah i find all 10 songs is like a little piece of herself that she's imbued yeah, i suppose song. so but those ones really hit me like none of the others did they really they were pretty pretty powerful I really liked hearing how some of the lyrics, they were very 
much assert like even though there was this careful tenderness to her voice that the each the lyrics kind of had this asserting of her own agency as a human being and mm. asserting herself in a way that was you know very clear you know there was no second guessing like she's telling somebody something very clearly it's not kind of beating around the bush and um as you know we mentioned P pj harvey before you get a completely opposite feeling with this you get this this feeling like so you get with pj harvey for example you get somebody who's really just completely almost aggressive in the in the delivery whereas this is you know the totally opposite yep. of that I, I sort of got the opposite feeling like this really close like you, you get the sense of pj harvey that she's not someone you can approach oh that's a good description you, know, you go whoa i'm in, i'm intimidated by this lady but this one it's not intimidating it's it's intimate and it's personal and you know i really just like that juxtaposition of the tentative vocals but then really self-assured meanings of the of the songs i love it I, her voice for me is filled with pathos and and, and feeling it's beautiful yeah. um sometimes she gets right up close on the mic and it has this asmr type feel which is really yeah. personal and intimate yeah. um it really interesting is. because don't know how to keep loving you uh now that i know you so well which is the refrain uh is just a devastating devastating yeah, I know. um it song is. And I love that's the centerpiece of the album. I love that. I loved Body, which is sort of centers around yeah. a, a, a child man who she's breaking up with because he got caught smoking on their domestic flight and arrested. And she, she yeah. says, You're more kid than criminal, just a boy who could not get through a domestic yeah. flight without lighting yeah. up in the restroom. <laughs> but <Yeah>. hinges <laughs> around, she breaks up with him, but then knows that he has intimate photos of her. And she talks about driving yeah. to go huh? to get this photo back. When you took my camera Turned to me, 23 Naked on your bed, looking straight at you Do you still have that photograph? Would you use it to hurt me? I guess it's just my life and it's just my body i like the strength of delivery and the strength of character that that is present that you know she she sort of knows herself or the character knows herself and has some opinions about what she needs yeah. to do and takes action um yeah you know i love turn me down which is the penultimate track um about oh this kind God, of that's a wonderful yeah. song. Wonderful song. That breakup, but they're driving two days to Melbourne down the Hume Highway and there's a breakup and, the, you know, they pull over and there's a breakup. And the line at the end says, don't look at me, look at the centre line. Maybe I'll yeah. see you in a supermarket sometime. It's like they're in the <laughs> yes, car. Nice. Oh, wow. It's nice. But like it, that one as well is almost, it's a it's a um, admission of, of weakness in a way because she's saying, yeah. like, like basically saying, I don't want to break up with you. You do it for me. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. I, I definitely want to break up with you, but you just, you do it for me. Cause I don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I gotta go through this, but you know, <laughs> there's, that's a really relatable feeling too. You know, it is. And pressure to party where you've broken up with someone you like, there's pressure oh, to yeah. party, there's pressure to go out, there's pressure to have a good time. I just want to stay home. This is not good. I just want to stay home in my room. I love driving with this album, turning it up loud and just getting lost in the feeling. Like it really makes yeah. me feel this album. I feel sure, the feeling. Being, being, you got to be well rested and you got to be in that mood, good mood for it. Yeah. And I, I exhausted after work was hard for me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But it was very pleasant to listen to. There's nothing unpleasant about any of the sounds. There's nothing challenging about any of the sounds. What listening to it like that made me think about is how good this would be live. Let me tell you, because I did. Oh, have know you seen her live? I have. I did not know much about her. It was an industry showcase at a little place in Surrey Hills and uh, she was playing. She It was her with a band, three-piece band. She was playing guitar and the room was deadly still and silent and fully absorbed in the moment. And she delivered and my jaw dropped and I just connected with the songs and yeah. with her as an artist. And I just, yeah. and again, when I listen to the record, it takes me back to that, that feeling as well. So I've got a great base on which to experience this music in the future as well. Phenomenal live, mm. phenomenal, really good. I, 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 I would imagine it would just be spellbinding and just, you know, when somebody is, is on the stage and you just go, you are, were born to be up on that stage. I bet you that was, that's what her work would be like. And I bet you that there's like a certain something about seeing the words coming out of her mouth as well that would be yeah you know, where you connect it to a person because it's already so personal even and through intimate. recording and i bet you, yeah i bet you that there's there's something about um the um recordings that maybe have taken out something mm. about that captivating aura that i bet she has on stage yes it's always hard to capture that and it's interesting because when I've read uh, interviews with her, she never imagined uh, her being a musician. She came from uh, not a musical family and thought that she would huh. just write some songs. And that's, I guess, our chat today is that we need opportunities for female singer-songwriters. We need female uh, opportunities for female artists, producers, so that we get more Julia Jacklins and that we get more Bjorks yeah. in the world. Um, because I tell you what, these albums are devastatingly impressive and wonderful yeah. to experience. Yeah. Nice. Shall I hit you with a fact of the week? Fact of the week. Only 14.2% of all Grammy nominees in 2022 in the five categories uh, examined, which were the big categories, were women. Mm. Right? 14%. Only 14% of all nominees in the big five categories were women. Um, across the 10 years evaluated, women were more likely to be nominated for Best New Artist, 44%, or Song of the Year, 28%, and this ties back to your uh, thoughts around producer, producers, uh -huh, um, because uh -huh. on the other hand, women comprise the lowest percentage of Grammy nominees in the album of the year category, 9%. And get this, in the produ for producer of the year category, across the 10 years evaluated, only 1.9% 1 
of nominees were women. What? And I think we need to do That's better. Crazy. I think we need to play a part by celebrating female artists, by recognizing any unconscious bias that we might have, and consciously seeking out new female artists to listen to, like Bjork's album Medulla and like Julia Jacqueline's album Crushing. There you go. Man. So, listeners, we would love to hear about your female artist recommendations. Remember to hit us up on all the socials. You can email us at supersonicchat at gmail.com. Tell us what you thought about today's episode. We would love to hear from you. And if you want to gain our eternal gratitude, like the fine people who have already helped us gain a solid gold diamond encrusted five-star rating, join their ranks and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. They can do it on Spotify now. It's new. It's fun. Do it. Thank you. That was another wonderful episode of Supersonic Captain.